Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, guys. How's it going? Today is Wednesday, January the 29th, 2020. And today is the day that I am departing for Bali. (laughs) I'm going to Bali for a month to work remotely in the warmth. So I'm up super early this morning to get the podcast out and then jump on my plane and travel for like the next 27 hours. (laughs) So by the time you're listening to this, I'm either in flight over the Pacific or I'm in my beach villa, one or the other. Either way, I'm, I'm really excited about this trip. I'm going because of my rainoids, which is like a circulation, a poor circulation condition. So that I can be warm and happy. And I'm also sort of going to heal my body. That wasn't the original plan, but it is my current plan is as many of you know, I'm doing this extreme liver slash body detox right now. This includes eating real whole foods plus no gluten, no dairy, sugar, eggs, vinegar, or alcohol. I'm also weaning the caffeine off. Ooh, it's so hard. Today, I'm on day 29 of this, and I'm planning to do it for about 90 days minimum or all the way up to a year. I know that's a big range, but I just want to listen to my body and keep going. So yes, I will be podcasting about this. And yes, I think this subject is very curious and very important in today's world, the subject of detoxing and of food. I'm currently doing my human trials, human trials of my own. uh, And I am continuing this detox on my trip. So I'm really stoked about that because food and what we put into our bodies every single day is, in my opinion, one of the single most important things we can pay attention to when it comes to our health and the health of our organs. What are we fueling? What are we putting our body up against? Very good questions. That's what I'm figuring out and it's going really well. Okay, which leads me to my podcast topic for today. I have a very interesting educational and impactful show today. It's with Dr. Kasia Kynes. Now, Dr. Kasia Kynes is a doctor of clinical nutrition. She is a board certified nutrition specialist and the CEO of Holistic Nutrition Naturally and the EBV Educational Institution, Institute rather. She has been in clinical practice since 2005, helping close to 2,000 patients one-on-one with complicated health issues such as gastrointestinal and autoimmune conditions, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is SIBO, and the Epstein-Barr virus, EBV, which is currently her main focus. Kasha wrote a book called The Epstein-Barr Virus Solution, and when EBV came into my radar as positively in my system, I bought the book 
and have incorporated many of her healing practices into my current detox. So I'm healing my body as well. I am detoxing my EBV. Her book discusses the undiagnosed epidemic of this virus, which destroys millions of lives through chronic fatigue, autoimmune disorders, and cancer. Yes. Fascinating, isn't it? Keep listening because like many of you, I had no idea this was going on. I had no, I had never heard of the EBV virus until the past couple of months. So I was particularly interested because of my chronic fatigue, which I have been battling for over seven years. I call it the death fatigue. Many of you may have heard me talk about this before. Among some of my other symptoms, such as renoids, which is an autoimmune response and problems with my vagus nerve. Her book was so impactful that I had to bring her on the show to unveil and educate as many people as possible about the virus, which by the way, approximately 90% of humans on earth have, okay, 90% of the planet. So that likely, highly likely includes you. Keep listening. Without further ado, let's get started. Here is Dr. Kasia Kynes. We are live. I am here with Kasia Kynes. And welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. um, Okay, I'm going to get right into it. Um, The Epstein-Barr Virus Solution book. I do want to talk about this book at the beginning and the middle and the end. I'll probably reference it a few times. This topic has sort of come into my life. I'll explain to you how in a bit, but I want to sort of get right into it because I had never heard of EBV or Epstein-Barr until I'm going to say three months ago was the first time I'd ever heard it. I've I've seen the initials EBV before on tests because I have been tested for it. But I didn't know what it was and I didn't click in and I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I was trying to figure out my life and now I am here and you are here. So let's talk about it. What is EBV? What is Epstein-Barr virus? It's a virus that has been on this planet for at least one million years. A million years. Uh, Yes, so it's been around. It's older than us. I think it's been mutating and I think we changed the environment so much that something happens to this virus. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million viruses in the world. Am I wrong? Right. Yeah, there's a million. So but why? There's, there's lots of them. Yeah. yeah. So why is Epstein? Why is EBV so problematic? Like, what is it? Oh, such a big <laughs> teacher. Yes. I think I, I came to I came to see a pattern in our. We have this uh, culture that I call EBV heroes. So EBV heroes typically have certain qualities. And some of these qualities are overachieving, mm. type A personality, very giving, killers that are actually hurting because perhaps they're not doing the soul work that they're supposed to, their toxic environment, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so I think, in a way... 90 to 95% of global population has the virus. Yes. And it doesn't do anything. But in a small percentage, percentage, when your immune system is taxed, yes, the virus comes to life and starts doing damage. So I think we often talk about stress, stressors, and not living in the environment that supports you. 
in that community and it really resonates yeah with them because if you are balanced if you are living the life that you love if you have joy in your life and support you deserve you have loving people loving environment you have joy you're doing the job you love and you have a great supportive team Mm -hmm. on the job there's no way for the virus to go right the immune system is happy okay there's no fight there's no stress is Stress is physical, not just emotional. So stress can get you, can get into your tissues, can get into your hormones. And like activate the virus? Is that what it does? It like activates this virus, stress. I talked to NASA researchers once. Uh, I was at a conference and they were talking about science. And uh, I mentioned that I had seen studies. Uh, One study in particular talked about stress and astronauts in space that they had a higher likelihood of reactivation and so i talked to them about that and and one of the scientists said oh yeah yeah they they take antiviral medication prophylactically what so and of all the research i've looked at and of all the triggers that i've watched this community suffer from in terms of reactivating their abv stress is number one number one always always Okay. And you could literally have 1,000 people, you could talk to 1,000 people and ask them, do you remember an event in your life that threw you on your back, the stressor that threw you on your back with EBV? And people will tell you divorce, death in the family, moving, losing your home, losing your beloved companion animal, whatever is really dear to your heart, the loss or betrayal or uh, you know, toxic boss, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the biggest contributor. And in your case, yeah. was it? <laughs> in my case, I have had like several like roller coaster uh, stressors and divorce. Uh, missing the Olympics was probably first, uh, then divorce. And then I, I kind of quit my job and moved and did all the things all in one, one minute <laughs> for me, yes. for sure, for sure. And I mean, all the things you just listed there, many people yeah. experience and... Yes. They probably don't even realize they're stressed. However, you did say the word reactivation. So we acquired this uh, virus in the, the the reading that I've done within your book and some other books. I, I've, I've read that the most common way to acquire this virus, you said there was 90, 95% of the population has it? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is mono, mononucleosis. Is that, am I off with that? Mononucleosis is uh, acute infection. Yeah. And okay. so the medical community still believes that this is the initial infection. Okay. And so the misconception is if you don't have mono, you don't have EBV. If no. you didn't have mono before, you don't remember, you don't have EBV chronically. And if you have mono right now, you just need to rest for a few weeks. Six weeks stops and you'll be back to life and that's gone. And you no longer have to worry about it. That's done. Yeah. That's also a misconception. So in many cases, it may be true, but it's not true at all, 100%. And also, uh, medical literature supports me saying it's not entirely true. So does everyone experience mono in the same way? Like, does everyone? No. Okay, so you might have mono and you don't even know. Is that possible? Or would you know? 
It is possible. So people get infected at different stages of their lives. Oftentimes people get infected when they have changes in uh, hormones like puberty. Gotcha. Sometimes children are infected when they're very small. They are maybe a couple of years old. And some people remember because their parents told them that they were very sick. They were misdiagnosed or it wasn't clear. But sometimes it's a sniffle. Sometimes it's not too bad. Gotcha. So they already have the virus. Nobody knows about it. And then maybe at puberty or uh, a childbirth or, you know, menopause starts coming. It depends how you tender to your garden, how you, mm. how you take care of your emotional, physical state over the years, I think. It depends on the, how strong the body is and how well you are in general. So mono, in people tell me they've had mono a few times. Which would yeah. completely throw a medical doctor off. You can't have mono a few times. You have a mono and that's it. That's not true. Yeah. There is a there is a, a a term in medical literature actually called chronic mononucleosis syndrome. Okay. Guess what? It's very close to <laughs> chronic fatigue syndrome. Right. And many people right. will tell you, I had that mono, and since that mono, I have not been myself. So mono should end, and that's it. But because of because I, I, I see this niche community that is affected, it's not majority on the globe, it's a minority, but I see the damage that the virus does. And so I would say, if you have mono, yes, absolutely, you have to sleep, you have to rest, don't do anything. But waiting it out is not good enough. You can immediately get on the protocols and cut through the chase, install it, stop it. So you don't risk this dragging off, you know, the changing of your immune system and just this continued you know, avalanche of new symptoms and autoimmunity and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. So when you, you're over mono, where does, Epstein, where does EBV go? Where does it live in your body to be reactivated? So, very good question. The the mono is when you have uh, acute infection is when uh, you are infected. Uh, so it infects your cells, mostly B cells, sometimes T cells. These are your immune cells. That's why it affects your immunity. Mm-hmm. And the immune cells are so confused they can't see that some cells are infected. So the infected cells change their because of the virus being inside. They change their function. So normally infected cells would send an SOS, SOS to other cells outside, like, kill me because I'm infected. Yeah. Get rid of it. This is not good for the organism. They also have this sort of kamikaze system where if they are infected, the cell terminates. Oh, neat. That is turned <laughs> off. Yes, we do have that. Absolutely. So the they cell's like, oh my God, I have a virus and I just kill myself? Yeah, amazing. Isn't okay. that amazing? Yeah, but EBV yeah, does not. Because, yeah, but that's, that, is, that doesn't work. So okay. you have these infected B cells and, and T cells, and the, the viruses replicate using the DNA of the cell. They start replicating and making more young virons, I think they're called. And then the um, acute infection means that the cells lice, the, uh, the, the infected B cells lice, all these youngsters spill over into the bloodstream yeah. and travel in the bloodstream. Within two or three weeks, they may leave the bloodstream four weeks and they travel to organs, glands, tissues. That's where they're going to live. 
these are the cells that are they're gonna live in and that's where they start causing problems so it could be a thyroid okay it could be a connective tissue it could be a spleen liver could be a brain so if you are looking for the dna of the virus uh, let's say four, five, six weeks after the infection started, you won't see that DNA anymore in the blood. Okay. It's gone from the blood. I got you. So one of the ways that I was connected to you was I, I read the Medical Medium Liver Rescue book. And I was like fascinated by that book. And not to give him any like props here, but to segue, I was listening to podcasts about the liver rescue. And that's how I found you because he talks a lot about Epstein-Barr. And I I heard in a podcast that you had read that book. Is that right? Um, yes, I did the medical medium his very first book. I remember yeah. I almost dropped off my chair on the plane. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the same experience I had. Um, yeah. And then EBV is sort of everywhere. And he really talks about how it lives in the liver or it's dormant in the liver. So I guess it could be in multiple organs is what you're saying. Yeah, and I think he says there's stages. And you know, so I love what he did and I love what he does. And my job on this planet is slightly different. Okay. He opened the door and we have two extreme communities. Yes. There's a medical community that is poo-pooing on the messenger there. Yeah not hearing any any of that message and they have all the information because they don't have time to look so they still have a belief system about EBV that is not accurate and not supported by research but they don't know it yeah and then there's there's the medical immune uh, commu- medical medium community great fans people that are happy thrilled and thriving and and sometimes it's almost like a dogma uh, he says this, he says this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Yeah. Black and white. So we have two extremes. Each one serves a purpose, but there's this ocean here in between when millions of people fall through. They don't belong here, they don't belong here, they don't have support from either. And so my job, I felt, was to bridge this gap and create a book for doctors. So here's the research for you. You don't have time, but here's, here's yes. what we know. And then a manual for clinical nutritionists like me or MDs or MDs who just want a handbook. Okay, I can do the protocols. Uh, I read this. I understand this. I know what to do with this. Yeah. I'm a practitioner. You know, I do it for a living. So I can I can tweak it. I can run it with my patients. And so it's kind of, and it's, and it's for patients as well. I try to write it in a language that is understandable, except that, you know, one third was research. You know, it is research, so it is what it is. But it makes a point. So, so hopefully, I'm just a messenger. So hopefully the message that we're taking out there is we have the spectrum yeah. of knowledge, a spectrum of understanding, and now I think we have everything covered. If you want to go from with very simple foods, like whole foods, very simple, very healing, spiritual, more spiritual uh, aspect of it, there's your Anthony William. If yeah. you want to work with a medical doctor, you can take this book. And sometimes it happens. Patients take it to doctors. Doctors give it to patients. Yeah. So we okay. have discovered. And people like you can grab this book and start orienting themselves. So yeah. we have a foundation. So now we can move this concept of EBV further out there. So maybe within 15 years, as, as they say, the medical dogma about EBV will shift. 
Yes. And more people will get the right help. Just like you say, three months and you found it. Yeah. I had a woman who couldn't find uh, answers for 30 years. She's in her 60s. And it took us six months. And she's not living, like thriving, having a ball. Uh, 30 years. Yes, that's a long time. I mean, I I have lifetime. to say though, lifetime. it's a life. That's a lifetime. Like how how horrible to live with that. I mean, there's there are some varying side effects. So my my experience with EBV, I believe, was triggered. And, and now this I might be crazy when I say this, but I f- I feel like I've been battling this fatigue for since I don't know maybe eight years. Um, it started eight years ago, and I would say it really, really started like f- six years ago, and I started coining it the death fatigue. I just felt like I... It's, th- it's a different kind of fatigue. It's a di- it's not yes. fatigue when you're tired. It's the fatigue that uh, kind of like one of my patients said, I can't explain to my husband that I cannot... Uh, I'm on the sofa lying. I cannot stand up and walk to the kitchen. That's the kind of fatigue I have. Yeah, mine was like, I couldn't even lift my arms. Like, just like lifting my arms up, I was like, oh, it's just so taxing. And I'm like, so when I went into the medical community, and I, I don't want to poo-poo anything here because I know my listeners or people out there listening have their own opinions and that's totally fine, but my medical doctor kept prescribing me depression medication. And I was like, I'm, I'm not depressed. I do podcasts. I have podcasted about this several times um, because it just intuitively, instinctively, I was like, no, this is not the answer. I need to keep digging. I mean, I started working with Ayurveda and changing my diet and doing things like that. And it was helping. However, it's still, I still have that. And I also, I don't know if this is a symptom of EBV. I get this, like, people thought I had fibromyalgia uh, because I get this, like, spiderweb nerve pain down my arms, both of them. is like uh-huh. when it's really bad, when I'm really tired. It's so interesting. It's like an electric shock in a spiderweb, like, I don't know. You can see me right now because we're on video, but the listeners, I don't know if they can picture this. Yeah. Well, the, the, the virus can get into your neurological system, so vagus nerve or yeah. uh, the vitamin B, B vitamins are extremely important because they are stress vitamins, so they're yeah. depleted in stress. Okay. They're very important for the neurological function. Okay. And the methylation uh, helps with EBV, so... B6, B12, and folate that are methylated would be the best choice. So it could be, it could be that it's virus. It could be, uh, you know, chiropractic adjustments that you need. Yeah. And yeah. we're not putting on doctors. I think uh, emergency medicine and technology are life life saving. Absolutely. Uh, the mm-hmm. the medical community is not well equipped for chronic illness, and that's what we're learning right now. That chronic illness is more what we do, you know, nutritionists or NDs. Uh, so everybody has their place. But we need more help with a chronic illness. And that's, that's uh, they're not equipped. They're not ready for it. So That's very well put. That's very well put. Yeah. So in the book, we you talk a lot about autoimmune disease. Let's talk about EBV and autoimmune. So what what happens? What's happening? There's different pathways. I mean, I know that there is one particular marker that is related to EBV. Uh, I believe it's citrullination. 
that is now used to diagnose lupus. Uh, was it lupus or rheumatoid arthritis? I don't even remember. I think it was lupus. There was a study uh, not a not a long time ago, Dr. Harley. I would love to meet him. <laughs> he did a study on one particular protein, EBNA2, in, in the virus. Has the ability, so imagine the virus is inside your cell. Yeah. And then it gets into your DNA, so then the nucleus of your cell inside is your DNA information. So that little protein had the ability to go into the area of your DNA that codes for autoimmunity. And in particular, he proved in his research that there are seven, they found that there are seven autoimmune disorders that it could trigger. The virus could trigger. Okay. And I knew of some of them. They were well kind of researched already, but there were a few that I did not expect. I suspected there were some other studies, but not cause and effect. But this is black and white. So one of them is celiac. Okay. And then I started to look at my celiac patients and the stories of gluten and how people maybe in the past didn't have any problem because you can have a gene for celiac, but it may not be expressed. Interesting. Okay. You can, you can have celiac, yes. gene, but it doesn't mean, it, it depends, right? Yes. And of course, there's, there's varying degrees of it as well, correct? Am I wrong on that? Or You have the genes or you don't have the genes. Okay. That's okay. number one. Okay. And so they will express or not. That's number two. That's as far as I know. Okay. So that was one. Diabetes type one is another one. Okay. Very specific. So I've seen diabetes type one in a different environment too, but that there's this EBNA2 protein that does that. Juvenile rheumatoid arthritis was one. Multiple sclerosis was one. Yes, I've heard that. There are different causes of multiple sclerosis, but that's one of them. Yes. The most surprising causative causative effect of uh, EBV that I saw in research from that particular study was ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. That's, that is fascinating. Yes, because uh, and I have, a, I have a dear friend who specializes in uh, advocacy for both, uh, they, we call them IBD, mm-hmm. uh, cumulatively, and uh, he has a huge following. And we did a podcast together, and it's, it's very hard for our community to even hear that message. And it was hard for me because I didn't suspect it. Um, my book was almost finished, and there was this voice nudging me, well, why don't you check ulcerative colitis and Crohn's? Why don't you look into medical literature? And I was thinking, no, no, that can't be. There's, there's no, I don't see any relationship, personally, from my experience. Yeah, but I looked at the medical research and I saw consistent studies. A couple of studies consistently saying that approximately sixty percent of cases of ulcerative colitis and also about sixty percent of Crohn's may have started been triggered by the virus. It's like, oh, that wow, sixty percent that any medical doctor would even think about. This is I was. I was blown away by that. So it's wow. an uncharted territory. And so I look forward to working more with the IBD community just to see, and maybe once have a study and publish it, just to see if we can just be very focused on the specific EBD protocol for them. Yeah. If things would shift. And then also if that community could start testing and see what patterns we see. 
you know, that is, that's really, that would be really exciting. And the same with celiac. But celiac I've seen because since that study I've been watching people and their trajectories with the gluten sensitivity, what yeah. happened in the past, what happens now, how is that shifting? So I can see, uh, I think I've seen a couple of cases of exactly that uh, EBV triggering celiac in people with celiac genes. Interesting. Uh, so, mm-hmm. There's many, I have a laundry list of autoimmune conditions. Some are very awkward and not awkward, but uh, not very well known. Yeah, I was reading some of them in your book and I was like, I've never even heard of this before. But then yeah. then things like lupus, which is runs in my family. And then Lyme's disease was also another thing that I was tested for because I thought maybe I had Lyme's disease. And then also Hashimoto's. So it affects your autoimmune crazy immunity. Yeah. immunity crazy. I want to talk about digestion because you do talk about digestion quite a bit, autoimmune, or excuse me, EBV and digestion, and like SIBO. SIBO is a new thing that I've just learned about. Do you call it SIBO? Uh, people call it SIBO, people Cybo? call it SIBO. Okay. We call it SIBO, mostly. Okay, so how does EBV affect uh, your digestion? Well, if it, if, it gets, if it gets into your gut, if it affects your gut lining, if it, and, and uh, neurons motility of your gut so the gut is not emptying the food is sitting that can cause SIBO so you have bacteria feeding on food in the small intestine because it's there too long and they're dislocating from other from the colon yeah they don't belong in the upper gut and so there's a lot of fermentation and a lot of misery it's an infection Sometimes the valves in the gut are infected, are affected by the virus. So SIBO is a motility issue. So much of the gut is innervated by vagus nerve, and the vagus nerve contracts and helps move the food. So if that's stalled, that's a problem. If the vagus nerve doesn't work in the stomach, it's called gastroparesis, and it can be painful because you only eat a little, and it's sitting there, it's not moving, the stomach is yeah. not contracting. The vagus nerve in the stomach is not responding, so the food is sitting, and people get nausea, they throw up, they just, you know, yeah. you can only eat a little bit, and it's painful. So it really depends where this virus goes. It's fascinating. You said vagus nerve a couple of times already. Um, that is something that has affected me. I had a really bad ski accident in 2003. I actually broke a vertebrae in my neck. Um, It was very traumatic. However, I believed that I had made a full recovery. (laughs) However, I started doing Ironman triathlons and riding a bike for a long time. I know. (laughs) If you guys could see her face right now, she's covering it. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Uh, A-type checked all the boxes on that. Uh, Anyways, so being on a bike just having my neck looking up and sort of cranking my neck a little bit caused a lot of pain in my knee and in my chest, like in my back, but at like the same, like nipple line basically, but in the back. And thousands of dollars later, uh, we figured out that it was my vagus nerve. So I always associated the vagus nerve to that accident, the pain that I've been managing. And I'm, I'm talking, I've been managing that pain since 20, 13. So six years, yeah, six years, it all kind of started with the death fatigue. And then it was the vagus nerve. And then, oh my God. (laughs) So when I read in the book about the vagus nerve, I just want 
I, I really want to pick your brain about that because you can have vagus nerve damage, correct? Does that mean like it will never get better or does it heal itself or? I don't know. I'm not a neurologist, unfortunately. I don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's okay. Um, but we... Um, we do know that even slight whiplash can cause a very slight injury to the brain that we don't even record yeah. and we're not aware of, but it can have a trickling effect because the vagus nerve starts at the, at the stem of the back of your neck and okay. it innervates the esophagus and then the stomach, small intestine and part of large intestine. And so when um, there actually are exercises to regenerate vagus nerve. Okay. But um, Dr. Datis Karazian has done enormous work uh, bringing this issue to the public. Um, he's taught us that you can do vagus nerve exercises. And one of the ways to check if your vagus nerve is impacted is if you have a gagging reflux, if you put something in your, on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Do you have a gagging reflux? A little. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not, not, it's not crazy, but I, uh, yeah, it gets me. It gets me. Well, if it's weak, you can regenerate it okay. by practicing it. Uh, but one of the things to practice is gurgling, gurgling water mm. really aggressively and for a few minutes. It's like an exercise. So you're building up a muscle and reconnecting. So if you gurgle a lot to the point of tears, you're actually turning on the vagus nerve. Interesting. Because interestingly... In, 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 Apparently, it's it's the same path pathway. They're connected, uh, but it's, it has to be like professionally done gurgling. Okay. Not like skiing a little bit here and there. <laughs> it's like skiing workouts, right? Yeah. You would know. I oh so, yeah. yes, uh, the same singing loud singing. You're using you're using the vagus nerve. You're just stimulating it, and then checking on that gagging. Interesting. Okay, I want to just sort of umbrella, what are the most common symptoms people, like if, if people listening think maybe I have EBV, what are they experiencing most or maybe top five? Okay, uh, the fatigue that we talked about, yes. not like being tired, tired, but being under this enormous blanket of fatigue when you can't shake it off no matter what you do. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's, the, that's most frequent, a little bit like chronic fatigue. Another frequent thing is joint pain or ba- pain. Yeah. Uh, headaches. Yeah. Headaches are a big one. Sometimes a very unexplained toxicity or infections from mosquito bites that actually has been shown okay. in medical research that, that may be EBV related. Uh, autoimmune disorders, there's a laundry uh, list yes. when you can't explain why you have a particular autoimmunity. We have an EBV help website and I have a list of those. You can click on the resources, the PubMed studies. So it may vary, but these are the biggest ones. A lot of people feel that they have extreme brain fog. Yes. Which is uncomfortable because that's not what they are. So they're worried about cognition going down, Alzheimer's risks. They don't know what it is. Oftentimes people wake up in the middle of the night, 3, 4 a.m. with anxiety and raving heart and... uh, don't know what that is and can't fall asleep so there's different gotcha like bundles of of symptoms but it can be just autoimmunity and it's also oncogenic so it can cause cancer 10 percent of stomach cancer is uh caused by ebv apparently 
Yeah, there's a, a great section in your book about the cancer side of it and what happens and how it like manifest or morphs into cancer. It, it's it's actually so extreme. So let's talk a little bit about the recovery because yeah. in your book, you talk about an extreme makeover. Do I need an extreme makeover? And a line that really caught my attention, I wrote it down, is you say there are parts of our lives that have become extreme and then you go on. And I never thought of, you know, microwaving my food as being extreme, but that's a very modern thing today. It is kind of extreme. Like my food went from cold to hot in 30 seconds. And that's that's odd. That never happened in the billions of years before us. Our diets, what we're eating, how our food is made, the GMO takeover of the world. We see that as normal. However, I really love that you point out that that is extreme <laughs> in many ways. Yeah, and it's um, what, what we perceive as normal, um, I would call it common. Common. Just because yes. it's common doesn't mean it's normal. It has become common. Oftentimes it has become common because the industry set the tone and convince us that this is what you need and this is what it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It is common and is not normal. Okay, so uh, one of the things I started to do through the Liver Rescue book, I'm on day 24 of like an extreme diet makeover, a liver support. And what I really liked is when I got your book in my hands and I was looking at your little cheat sheet, a lot you, there's a lot in common about what foods oh, to yeah. eat. Um, and it's just, it's, it's all whole foods. You mentioned that earlier in the show, whole foods are super important. And then to pay attention to the proteins and the meat you're eating and where it comes from. And, uh, I, I really liked how specific you were in like the salt water fish. So basically my diet has been no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, refined sugar. I do eat all the fruits and all the vegetables, and then no processed food, no alcohol. And I, w- I would say like almost all of my symptoms in terms of brain fog, um, I have Raynaud's disease, so I have like bad circulation. That is improving. The one thing that I find v- hard is that is the fatigue that has not improved in 24 okay, days. So yeah, so the problem with EBV is that you're dealing with a big virus. Yes. And so the the food is instrumental. The food is such a backbone, but sometimes the food is not going to take you all the way. Okay. So do you have any ear ringing or buzzing at all ever? No. Because I was thinking about your neurological no. symptoms, like trickling. If it's not, uh, if it's not because you need adjusting, if it's a viral, there's things that complicate the virus. So one of them is Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. It's Wi-Fi technology, the smart meters, the the routers, the the remote controls actually, the Alexas of the world. I mean yeah. I empirically I've seen and heard things. I've seen the impact. I've seen the change. Uh, you know, when I am on the laptop I have a horapod. So sitting on horapod, so at least it's not blasting on my lap. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's measures that People with EBV are very sensitive to Wi-Fi, and I think it's not the people that are sensitive to Wi-Fi, it's the virus that is really threatened by Wi-Fi. It's not feeding off it. It's actually threatened by it. And then when the virus is threatened, it's going to replicate and it's going to be aggressive. 
Okay. I see so much in this community. It's very consistent. Well, other countries are starting to acknowledge the Wi-Fi uh, factor for the 5G. I mean, I just read a report that Japan has banned 5G um, and they oh. basically created it. Like they're the starting this. Yeah, they're understanding the health risks to it. It's it's hard yeah, to avoid, though. Like, how do you avoid that? I mean, I I started wearing shungite like the the the. I don't have much. Oh, yeah, I do here. Beads that sort of absorb the Wi-Fi a little bit. It's or so they say. I don't know. I'm trying to do my part here because I'm I'm surrounded. I live in the city. I <laughs> yeah, we're having problems with the Wi-Fi right now. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. well, you do what you can do. And then the rest you can't control, unfortunately. Yeah. And people who are activists, you know, if they can plug in. Um, I haven't looked at 5G. I know I am really uh, scared that we will have to live with it. But I hope yeah. it's not going to be for long because people will start being sick. Seriously, it's going to be epidemic. But, you know, you can box your, uh, your router. You can turn it off for the night automatically. Like yes. You said it. Yes. You can check if you have smart meter and then you can ask your provider if you can uh, opt out of it so they can remove it and bring in the analog. Okay. In some places in the States, you don't have the legal right to do that, which is, uh, which is, which blows my mind. Uh, in other States, they penalize you. So I was paying, uh, uh, first time I have to pay all, all, I think over $100 for opting out. And then I think $11 extra every single month because I opted out. Interesting. So there's, yeah, you have to just learn, but also observe where the smart meters are. You can box smart meter. There's protective, um, clothing that you can put on the wall inside. So there's, there's different things that you can do and uh, less time online. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. on the computers which i can't do unfortunately not yet yeah um, it makes a big difference in people just being aware of these things and another thing you can do is put your feet on the ground and do a little bit of grounding mm -hmm. so you have more negative ions actually connecting through the ground water is even better ground grass no no rubber oh okay. on your shoes okay rubber is insulating so we're not conducting negative ions. We're not getting them from the earth. We're designed like animals to be plugged in, connected. Right. But we walk on rubber. So <laughs> We do. <laughs> yeah, finding five, ten minutes, if the weather allows, to put your feet okay. out there, sit or walk. That's profoundly beneficial. And there, there's been studies on that as well. I talk about those studies, I think, in the book too. So simple things, mm -hmm. like just like with the whole foods, you know, simple things going back to who we are, what we want to go for. So these can all, these it's an extreme makeover because we are moving into an extremely unnatural environment. And, you know, if you think about it, many years ago, I think it was almost 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, Yeah. Uh, EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, was saying that the environmental pollution inside the your household is eight or nine times as concentrated as outside. Oh. So when you spend majority of time indoors, you're breathing in so many pollutants. Yeah. We don't even think about it. Or the fact that the water we drink, 
This is not natural water, right? No. This is not the water that came from the rain. This is not the water that is structured properly. No, it's, been it's so not. modified. No, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes people feel they drink the water but they're not hydrated. We, yeah, we have quite a, quite an environment, quite an altered environment to sustain our activities. But um, if we can just simplify some things and get clean water, clean the air, uh, the most fascinating part is that um, we're living on the water here in Seattle, far away from traffic. There's some ships here, but not not many. So there's really no pollution, right? But my air filters are black, greasy soot. Really fast, and I and I changed the furnace, and I was like, oh my gosh, run to the furnace and change the filter. I did. And then soon enough, it's still because the heat is on, it's just this filth from this big machine that creates heat and it's forced air, which is very unhealthy. And it's just, and my filters stand pretty close to, some of them pretty close to the, the vents. Yeah, we're breathing that um, in. And so it, I remember the study on uh, the pavement, there's chemicals in the pavement. Pavement, whether it's, you know, a shopping, um, parking lot or in front of the post office or in front of your your work office you have to walk from the car to to the building you're walking on the tar and the tar is covered with certain chemical and as it ages it lands on your shoes and yeah. so they're finding this chemical in high levels in households people walk the shoes mm. walk bring these chemicals on the shoes and then you have animals or babies walking on the carpeting uh, or inhaling it through the forced air mm. and they're saying it's a carcinogen and we're seeing it in high levels in the household in the air we breathe i was like whoa this is just one example it's huh? it's fascinating how the brain how the mind can deny yourself like we can't see it so it, therefore it must not be there sort of thing that the brain does with the denial system well, yes. We are overwhelmed with information. There was there is a, a marine biologist who created this wonderful concept of a blue mind, which relates to water. Blue mind, gray mind, and red mind. We live in gray mind, which means we have too much input, information, yeah. social media, movies, political information changes, uh, people, jobs. Uh, we, women are multitaskers. We don't have a tribe, so we are constantly processing information, which is not sustainable. Yeah. And he calls it a gray, gray mind when your brain is, is not, it doesn't have a time out. It cannot breast. You are like flaring. Yeah. And then eventually goes into the red mind, which is completely inflamed when you really have to take a vacation and turn off your life. Uh, and the blue mind is the one that is healthy when you are more plugged in. And blue mind is the ocean. And, you know, putting your feet in the ocean, having a shower and getting the trickling effect of the water. It's very healing. So anyway, I may digress, but it's all very simple. I, it's all very I simple. Want, I want the blue mind. <laughs> I want the blue mind. Okay, so people think they have it. They're presenting some symptoms. They're not sure. They're not getting the right answers at the medical system. What do we do now? So there's testing. Can you just like talk about that really quickly? Yeah. So the tragedy is that 
Um, I had people go from doctor to doctor for five, six years, trying to find somebody that that will agree to test for okay. ABV. Yeah. And so excitement. I found a doctor. He read about he's going to test. And then they test only three markers or two markers. And then they're missing the most important markers. And, and, and people are heartbroken. And that's not the information that will explain what we need to know. Okay. So what I did. Yeah. So, so I have to teach people. You have to hire a doctor and you can fire a doctor. You have to hire a doctor that is on the team and will do the testing. Even if they don't believe it, let's just do it and exclude it. So you have to have a conversation. If you are afraid to talk to your doctor, you feel uncomfortable, you feel stupid, that's not the right doctor for you. There's plenty of wonderful doctors. Find yeah. it. Find that doctor. Um, can holistic uh, or um, natural paths test for this? Depending on the state. Okay. Um, well, no, we're in Canada. I, we're in Can. I'm in Canada. So depending on the states, because there is a lot of listenership from the U.S. Actually, so this is good too. But for our Canadian friends, well, yeah. I don't know in Canada, and you have a different way to test. Yeah. If I remember, what we do in the states is I I finally decided okay I contra I contracted with Alta Lab a U L T A I don't know if it's available in in Canada you might check into it but okay. it's a direct to consumer lab. Okay. And people love it. They go into a local lab. They pay out of pocket. Okay, $144. It's worth it if you have been going in circles yep. for years. And you 100%. just want to know and you, you just don't have the right doctor. And uh, by the end of the day, you get an email with a report. You get the report on it. And they put together a, a four markers that I requested. And it's there. And you know you're going to get the right thing tested. So I... I I put that in place just in case people struggle and have nowhere to go. But at least you can click. It's on our EBV Help website. You can click on that, take your test, and the panel will show. So you can copy, you know, the four markers that you need. This yeah. way you will always know what you have to test. So that's, you know, one way at least you have that resource. In, yeah. the, book, in the book, as you know, there's a whole chapter on testing. Yes. So the most important thing to test is early antigen, which, which says EA. As okay. a marker, E-A-I-G-G. That's the one that will flag up every time you reactivate in most people. And it will uh, it will be high for just a few weeks. Like, you know, you reactivate, you have this yeah. rising of the cells, they burst, the young viruses spill over, and the early antigen will be elevated. And then you recall, re repair, you know, you feel better, not completely well, you still have that, that fatigue. Yeah, but it's not the fatigue that is killing you. You know that fatigue. You know the symptoms when you are much worse. It's not yeah. the worst. No, you still have this chronic. Exactly. Yeah, you're not optimal, but you're kind of in between. That's yeah. between lysing. Okay. And then if you overdo things again and have a lot of stress, it's gonna lyse again, and you're gonna be on your back again. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just went through that because I my I was in a relationship that ended uh, a, a month and a bit ago, and it was lysing for sure, because <laughs> I was I felt completely dead. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on your emotional state, how yeah. you're grieving, and how you handle it, and so yeah, yeah. exactly, mm -hmm. and uh, and how you are equipped. Now, if you were equipped with what I teach, we have a wonderful moderator in our program, and she she is our EV hero too. She she has a chronic EV, and she was saying uh, her husband had a freak accident, very dangerous. So he's healing, and she's taking care of him. And okay. she says, without these protocols right now, with these stressful situations, I will be stuck on my back. But I am managing. 
I am yeah. able to function. So you don't have to always go into that spiral every time things happen. Okay. But you have to have the right the right tools. So what you're doing is good, but it's just not enough. Okay. Because the virus is a big deal. So so yes, you can have the the problem with the virus is that if you have it chronically kind of in the workings, it may not present as something specific. It can just be that underlying chronic fatigue that just doesn't shake yeah. off and you're just not yourself. Or it could be a diagnosis of Hashimoto's and depression and yeah. you know, whatever. Well, I'm, so, I'm really interested in this human trial that I'm doing right now. And it really started with the food makeover and that food makeover is 20 uh, where I'm only, I'm just, uh, I'm, uh, by the time that this episode actually airs, I'll be around the four week mark of, uh, of the, of the food makeover. Um, and I am willing to try some of the other recommendations that you have in the book. Um, I also scoped your ebvhelp.com website. It's awesome. And you also provide lots of webinars and challenges. I'm doing your five-day EBV challenge right now. So I, I'm seeing I you know. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and then where else can we find you? Kashakines.com? Is that is that a thing? Yeah, Kashakines.com. Yes, that's okay. my name is my website. That's my, you know, I've been a clinical nutritionist for 15 years now. Yes. So EBV website is, uh, we put it together two years ago or so. It's pretty new. Okay. Uh, but we really wanted to create a place where people can Google EBV and, and don't have to waste time yeah. in social, like social media, in opinions, and people yeah. saying, work for me, that worked for me, that worked for me. So there's plenty to build in that website still. I really needed uh, a place where it's all evidence-based, it's all verified, it's all true, it's all the right information. So, like you said, you know, we're probably saving you years of going in circles from person to person. Yeah. This is what it is. I mean, this is what it is. This, this is the information and resources and possibilities and how to interpret labs. Like that's, you know, we have a whole page I created for labs different scenarios that are most common and the markers and what you know so and there's a graph i know it's it's overwhelming for most people especially when you have brain fog because they have ebv but <laughs> if you look at that graph and it's color coded it's right there on um on that web page you will always remember early antigen you will always remember e b and a and and uh, VC, VCA, you always remember where they are in that picture, and yeah. that is priceless. So you are not yeah. confused. You can talk to your doctor. You can t- take charge of it. Just a little bit of knowledge can be profound. It definitely profound. Tip, it tipped the scale for me. It definitely was profound and tipped the scale for me. Okay, well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to explain this. I'm a huge fan. I just, I thank you for the hard work you've been doing and spreading this word. And I hope that, you know, we've encouraged uh, a few people out there to maybe get the test and start start healing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, ha- absolutely my pleasure. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and I'll see you in the next day of the challenge uh you will sounds good (laughs) okay that's all for today i want to thank my guest dr kasha kines for coming on the show to teach us all about this crazy ebv virus i don't know about you but all of this information resonates with me in such a deep way 
Dr. Kasia Kynes is also doing her next online EBV recovery program beginning February the 3rd. For more information, go to ebvonlineprogram.com or ebvhelp.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.